Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own rebel energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. Hello, welcome, welcome back Rebels. So, so excited to have you here with me today. And I'm going to be talking about clear back when I was 18. (laughs) Taking you guys back to very, very, very young and naive Jade. So as a lot of you know, I joined the military at 17. Loved it. Definitely did not love basic training. The gas chamber was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. I bawled like a little baby. I hated it. But that year was very much empowering to me. I was opened up to a whole different world. And in the small town of Iowa, there wasn't a lot of culture. Like it's a farm town, you know, vast majority of people are white. And so it was really great to get out of my comfort zone and kind of just be thrown out into the world, I guess is the best way to explain that. So came back my senior year and I just really looked at everyone as kind of like just life, I guess, ridiculous. You know, I literally trained that summer in between my junior and senior year about how to, you know, defend our country and do some really badass stuff. And then coming back to senior year and, you know, homecoming and all of that, I was just kind of over it. It kind of put me in this rush to be independent and grow up. And I looked at everyone, which sounds awful, but like in my class, like, you know, worrying about, oh, I don't have a date for a homecoming or whatever. Just like, this is kind of ridiculous. So it's kind of the mindset that I went into senior year with of, I just want to be done. I just want to get out of here. I want to go live my life and experience the world and travel. I, I really, really loved the opportunity that joining the the Iowa National Guard gave me. So senior year, I started to date someone and it was very much this all-consuming, I need to be around you and with you 24-7. And to be honest, I think I've blocked a lot of that out because it was a very rough and confusing year. And there was a lot of trauma that started to happen, but I didn't realize it at the time. But who I was dating was very controlling, very possessive. And I actually ended up moving out like two weeks after I graduated high school. Again, I did kind of this big head of like, I'm 18. You know, I I went through this life experience and I know what's best. So my parents and I were really not getting along the best. Decided to move out, moved in with my grandma. Absolutely did not like that after like two months. And went back home. It was just not a good fit. And I say good fit in the sense of there was just a lot of hurt feelings there with me moving out. And was just, again, still not really getting along with my parents. And I love my parents. I love that they raised me and instilled values in me and things like that. But I was also the oldest. So for you parents out there, you know the oldest kid usually gets it the worst, right? Like very strict and things like that. 
And I was 18 and I was like, I just, again, I wanted to be independent. So I ended up moving in with my then boyfriend and his family, which I absolutely loved his family. And I think that was the part that was confusing was like, I love them. They were really great people. But my boyfriend was, again, just very controlling and possessive. So, oh my gosh, we ended up, guys, and I feel so dumb even admitting this, but you know what? It's part of the journey. We're going to do it. Um, ended up getting married at the end of my senior year. I don't even remember, to be honest, the date, May sometime. It was after, like, right after we graduated and obviously, looking back, was definitely not ready for that. But here's why. Because he manipulated me into it. And I did not have any boundaries at all. To be totally honest, I I really, I'm not sure why, but I just, I did not have boundaries in our relationship. And I remember him saying, if you love me, then why won't you marry me? Because I was like, well, let's give it a few years, whatever. And so it was very much like a last minute impromptu decision. And I also was not talking to my parents at this time, which I think if I was, they would honestly be like, what the F? So I, they found out after the fact and it was just awful. It was very, very hard time in my life. But also too, I found someone who understood me, who you know I thought was there for me. And I wasn't getting along with my parents. And I just was in this thing of like, I want a family of my own, which is so ridiculous. And he was also in the army as well, too. So that relationship turned very, very toxic. At, I mean, surprise, at the age of 18, I did not enjoy, did really not enjoy being married. And I remember him coming back from his basic training. And he was on, which guys, I'm a very like hardworking, motivated person. I was working two jobs and he was on unemployment at home. And I'm like, this is complete and total bullshit. So we were not getting along. Shocker. You know, finances were an issue. It was just it really, really awful, toxic, very low, low, low point in my life. I thought it was a great idea because we were married, even though we were not getting along at all, that we should get a shared joint account. So, and we like were split up and then I think we got back together before I went to my army training. And while I was at army training, he had taken, every time I get paid, he would take all my money out. And remember, this is like before like smartphones and like I probably even online banking and all of that. And so again, I don't know all the details, but for whatever reason, in the army, it takes paperwork, takes fucking forever. So literally, I think I only, of the 12 weeks, I think like maybe the last two weeks, I got to keep that money. But he literally, as soon as I would get paid, because in the army, right, you get paid on the 1st and the 15th, he would go take out all the money in the joint account. And when I came back from AIT, I literally had nothing, nothing, which at AIT, I was like, we, when this was happening, I was like, we are done. And I found out that he had already had like a new girlfriend. Remember, we were married, okay? And I was like, screw this. And I just, <laughs> I, it was just a very dark period of time. So came back from AIT and I had absolutely nothing to my name. Now, the car that I had at the time, I believe was under his dad's name. It's like a co-signer and then my name. So they had taken, they, I say they, but he, 
my my ex um had taken my money he had taken my vehicle he had taken all my clothes and like I had this box that had everything from like my childhood that like was very near and dear to my heart memories like my childhood diary which is so ridiculous but um my blanket that I slept with as like since I was like a little kid like all these mementos letters my letters that I got from my parents when I was at basic training everything he got rid of he later told me that he had thrown everything out into a ditch and had given which is this is so tacky had given all of my clothing to his new girlfriend, which if she wore it, if that's true, I, I, I don't know. Anyways, I still never had any of that. So like hardly had any clothes, anything. And here's the thing, guys. My parents had told me before I left, do not share a bank account with him. You know, he's been physically abusing you, emotionally abusing you, mentally like this is not good. Don't do it. And again, 18-year-old Jade, which I was 19 at this time, I knew better and I did it. So when I came back, my parents were like, well, we'll help you, but we're not going to like give you money or anything like that. Like they literally just gave me things to like live and get by. So guys, at the age of 19, I had nothing and I had worked my ass off, you know, obviously all summer and then he at AIT training, all of that. So moved back. Found a studio apartment, found a job that I could walk to. Because remember, I did not have a vehicle this time. I would literally walk to work. And I think my dad found like a car. He fixed up for me. And I was able to like make monthly payments to him. It was not a fancy car, but it got me from point A to point B. But until that time, I walked to my work at a bank. I also worked as a waitress. And my rent was like $450. I had a studio apartment which I, of course, you know, threw huge parties in. So as a new single 20-year-old, it was, that was awesome. <laughs> but it was just such an awful point in my life because here I was two years ago, you know, when I first met him on top of the world, I felt like, you know, there were so many possibilities. And now I just felt like I was in this box with no money, nothing. So saved up money, obviously, to pay my rent, all of that. And I couldn't even afford groceries. I remember going and buying ramen noodles and a can of like Alfredo sauce because the ramen noodles are way cheaper than like even the package. And I love Alfredo. Um, so literally lit off that and like pop tarts, I think, and like probably Tostino's pizzas. How I did not blow up to 500 pounds, I have no idea. <laughs> probably because I was young and had a good metabolism, but like was not eating healthy and would just buy that to live off of. And my parents brought over my little brother. My little brother's 13 years younger than me. So we got new bed sheets. They gave me his old bed sheets. I literally was 20 years old, almost 20 years old, sleeping in Thomas the Tank Engine bed sheets. I kid you not. They brought over my little very shitty TV from my childhood. And for my birthday that year, like three months, or yeah, three months later in November, I remember my mom got me like, a cheap little DVD player as like my birthday gift. So like I could watch DVDs in the studio apartment. I think I got a couch for free. I remember having a couch, but like studios, it's like your bedroom is also like your living room. And so like up until I got that couch, literally like sat on my bed to watch TV, had like old silverware that my grandparents gave me. Like it was just awful, you guys. And some of you may be thinking, because I had the same thought too of like, 
this sucks. Like, why won't my parents just help me or, you know, give me a handout or whatever? And looking back on that and like where I am now, I know for a fact, 110%, I would not be where I am now if my parents would have bailed me out. Now, they did help me. They made sure I had the necessities, right? But they weren't like, here, Jade, here's $500. Go buy, you know, a queen size bed. Like, I literally had my twin childhood bed, my brother's Thomas the Tank Engine bed sheets. <laughs> like, it was for me embarrassing, obviously, right? But looking back, I'm so glad that they didn't bail me out. That was one of the toughest, hardest lessons that I had to learn. But again, I'm so glad I went through that because it taught me how to be independent. It taught me, you know, how to save money and how to manage it and really how to come back and start all over literally with absolutely nothing. But again, it was a very depressing part of my life as well, too. If you are ready to have Rebel Energy and launch your virtual assistant business, then head over to basictobookedout.com to get started. So I know I kind of skipped through like what happened. Obviously, two 18-year-olds getting married at a very young age is just not a good idea. As I already mentioned, I did not have boundaries and looking back, obviously, definitely should have left a lot sooner. But in my young, immature, 18-year-old mind, I was like, I love this man and I do want to be with him. So I just need to work it out, which is so dumb. And I guess at the beginning, right, was just like the fighting, arguing and things like that. But then things got very physical. And because I was already you know, it started off with like being controlling and possessive, which at the time, as a young 18-year-old girl, it was very, very flattering of like, wow, like, you know, I, he really cares about me. And so I know it's hard if you've never been in an abusive relationship to understand. Even for me, you guys know my first three episodes talking about, you know, technically my second husband. I don't really count this first marriage because it was like, I don't even know, like a year that we were actually like together and, and things like that. I was 18. But you know, technically in my second marriage, but it was so much different because the first marriage, it was more like controlling and possessiveness. And it was like very open, right? Like anyone else could see that. But to me, I, I didn't notice that. So then going into, you know, my second marriage, it was like, okay, well, you know, he's not like physically hurting me as bad as like my first husband. And it was a lot more slow moving and a lot more manipulative and it only, like, happened when he was drinking. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, it's not happening all the time like it was with my first husband. And I remember one of the first – and again, I blocked out a lot of this stuff. But I remember with my first husband, like, one of the big things that happened, we were in a huge argument in our apartment. I don't remember what the argument was about or what happened. He took off the back of, like, the toilet, like, seat, lid, whatever – and smashed it and it cut my feet. It didn't hit my feet, like the actual landing, because obviously that probably would have broken my feet. So luckily he, I don't even know if, I guess if he was aiming, but it did not hit my feet, but it like landed and, and broke right in front of my feet and glass everywhere. And I just remember shortly after that, him pulling my hair so hard that like he had a fistful of my hair and there being a goose egg on the back of my head for days. Like I couldn't even sleep 
on that side because it was so painful. It hurt so bad. It was literally a huge bump on my head. And so again, one of the main things that I remember of like the physical abuse again, because I think I blocked out a lot from like senior year and even the year after that. But after that, I was like, okay, I'm never going to like be in this situation again. I'm never going to allow that to happen again, you know, whatever. And so like looking back, it was really confusing to me of like this pattern, right? Because then, you know, my second husband, it was an abusive relationship, but it was a lot different because it was like more of like sneaky manipulation. He had me totally convinced that like I was a problem the entire time. I remember too, like even after we were married, you know, especially the last few years with my second husband, you know, he would say things like, oh, what are you going to do? Get a divorce again? Like anytime I was like, oh, well, I'm going to leave you. He's like, he would always throw that my face like, oh yeah, just going to get a second divorce. And, and that was actually really what kept me in that relationship so long was the embarrassment of being so stupid and getting married at such a young age to someone that I really didn't know that well. And so for so many years, I carried around this guilt and this embarrassment and it just kind of kept me in, in this, you know, again, my second marriage that was just so unhealthy. But again, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. And even though I was embarrassed and had a lot of like shame and guilt about my past and the relationships that, you know, I chose to be in, it really did help me realize too that, and this is the lesson that I want you guys to take away. If you guys haven't noticed the theme yet, I'm giving you a lesson for every episode. So every bad thing that I've gone through, there's a lesson that I learned. And the lesson I learned from that is that I can fucking overcome anything because I overcame now, unfortunately, two abusive relationships. And they were very hard lessons. And even though they were both abusive, they were two different forms of abuse that were going on that led to the physical abuse. But even the physical abuse that I endured with my second husband, again, was a lot different than the first husband. And so, you know, when it came time for me to take those big chances of like leaving my nine to five and starting a virtual assistant business, I remember thinking, Jade, what's the worst that's going to happen? You leave your nine to five and you have to go find another one? Okay. You decide to start a virtual assistant business and you don't get fully booked out right away? Okay. Like, I knew I was going to get clients eventually. And so when I started to look at my life and all the things that I have overcome and then also achieved, I was a young mom. I had my first son on my 23rd birthday. I was back at school after a C-section, like four or five days later, getting my degree. I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. I worked three part-time jobs while being able to take my son to two out of those three jobs like anything I've ever set my mind to, I fucking achieved. And so for you right now, and I know this is like such an extreme example, but right now, if you're unhappy at your nine to five and you're just kind of like stuck in this, well, it's, you know, guaranteed income, which is not a thing because you could get fired at any moment, this comfy job, but you you have this dream. I want you to think about what is the worst thing that can happen. And this is like maybe a morbid idea, but my biggest fear in this life, you know, as a mom, losing my children or 
down on the list, getting cancer and dying young and not being able to see my kids grow up. Again, these are very extreme, like very morbid. I've listened to the Crime Junkie podcast, so maybe that's why I'm using these examples. But are my children going to be harmed if I leave my nine to five? Am I going to get cancer if I leave my, like, no, you can always get another job. And I know I've already talked about this freaking book so many times, but the book and fuck yourself. I remember reading that and being like, holy cow, this is why I keep getting trapped in these abusive relationships, even though I tell myself I'm not going to allow it to happen. And reading that book, which I was actually still married to my second husband when I read that, it was like, wow, I'm not an idiot. I'm not stupid. This is just how my brain is unfortunately wired, which may not make sense to you guys. If you have not read the book, go read the book. But your subconscious tries to keep you in your norm, even if it's unhealthy. So even though my my conscious mind is saying, I am not going to get married to another abusive asshole, right? But my subconscious mind is automatically drawn to those traits because that is what I knew, right? Just like at your nine to five, that's all you know. That's all that a lot of people know unless they like maybe have parents that have a small business or, you know, a friend that like took the leap and started entrepreneurship. But if all that you've known your whole life is graduate from high school, go get your bachelor's degree, go get a job, go get married, go have kids, that makes total sense that that's what you're going to do because that is your safe zone. Even though maybe you have this dream of like, being an actor or, oh, starting a personal assistant business, whatever it is, that is why you keep choosing the safe path because that's your brain's job is to keep you safe in your comfort zone. So if you guys have made bad mistakes in your past, I want you to know it's a part of your journey. I want you to take that away. Look at the silver lining. What did you learn from that hard fucking lesson? Because I guarantee it's made you a better person. And I would bet money, even though we can't go back in time, right? Or we can't shake, you know, a fortune ball. I want you guys to know that you probably wouldn't be where you are today if you didn't go through that. So I want you guys to say to yourself, I can overcome anything. I want you to write that on a freaking sticky note, put it on your mirror, and look at that every morning. So that way, no matter what you're battling currently, you wake up and that's the first thought you have. Not the thought of, oh my God, how am I going to get out of this abusive relationship? Oh my God, how am I going to get out of this nine to five? Oh my gosh, how am I going to help my kid through this hard time? Instead, the first thought you're going to have is I can overcome anything. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you guys took something away from it and I will see you on the next episode. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then please hit subscribe and remember you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are capable. Until next time, Rebels.